back in to the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Chris, not the quarterback, Sims. Joined with me, sitting across, staring at me with those big, beautiful eyes. It's the soulless canine himself. It's Mr. Rydog. What the fuck is up, Denny's? What the fuck is up is right. Been and a minute. We got A1 all day, Mr. Michael Seta. How your turn? And yeah, and so, so here's what happened. Since, obviously, as you all know, we know everything that's going to happen before it actually happens. So we pre-record these episodes in the off season, and because we already know, like yeah. we, we already have every been like, there, done that. Like we're literally the fucking almanacs of sports in our brains and stuff in our head movies, and so we just I, we fucking forgot. Like I Fuck thought, it. I thought we were good through fourteen. We weren't. We were only, we only did ten. We were gonna do four. We were gonna do the last four. We're good at predicting the, the future. Bad at math. Yeah. Well, we're, and we're also you know our producer's a dog. So he doesn't really keep things in line too much. Bitch, my dog. Woo. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Brutus. He's also a Ravens fan, so you just know he makes terrible life decisions in general. Terrible, especially this time of year. Yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible decisions. But what's up? How's it going, Hit Squad? We are back here to help you through your fantasy football playoffs. Playoffs. Get you geared up to, yeah, we're there. Playoffs. Well, in some leagues we're there. Well, you're not in any of them. I'm not in any of them. Well, we just keep you along so we can make fun of you on the show. Hey, I made a couple playoffs. Playoffs. A couple bye weeks, too. Good, so good, good job, buddy. Well, let me Fuck pat off. you on the back. We're not in those leagues, right? You are. <laughs> so what's happening, you guys? Let's let's talk some fantasy football. Let's real get quick, real quick, before we hop into all of the juicy, delicious content we're going to go over today, um, I just want to get a quick shout out to Mr. Matthew Moran, who sent me a picture of him and his Spotify wrapped and having us in his top five for most listened to podcast of the year. That shout out up. to you, Mr. Moran. We appreciate you and all you do for us. Top so, five and we are five. they were they were you they were three on mine oh yeah oh well that just means you like to listen to yourself talk that's kind of weird yeah i mean yeah they didn't even make the list i only listen i only listen to the ones that i wasn't in because you know that way you can say they're bad yeah Yeah. those ones were terrible little scouting i'm not not gonna lie those ones were terrible i'm just kidding i thought they were better than usual in all honesty all right all right so let's get into this so like chris cincinnati Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, so Cincinnati, yeah, doing well. Um, anyways, what we're going to hop into real quick is just kind of your overall, you know, mentality and thought process when going into be prepping for the playoffs. So, you know, you can have a different mindset, whether you're at the top seed and you got your bye or you're that, you know, third seed and you're going up against a team that barely squeaked in. So I want to hear from you two. If you are a top seed, I'll, I'll, I'll give this one to Chris because I don't know how many times you've been a top seed, Ryan. Um what is your mindset going in when setting your lineup for that first playoff week? Are you going ultra conservative? Are you going to kind of what got you there? Is that who you're playing? Are you willing to make waiver wire ads and play them in that week? Are you mean like a top seed is and I'm like number three and I'm playing like yeah, six so you're play- I don't have a buy? Yeah, you're prepping this week for this this game. And also, too, another question to think about. If you do have a buy, are you still waiver wire adding and all those different things to maybe counteract? the third or fourth team, so you don't have to play them. So I'll go first here, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch base on both for me personally. I'm going to start with the first one. If I'm like the number three seed or number four, look, flat out, I'm going to be real. Once I hit playoffs, seeds do not fucking matter. They are completely irrelevant. All of the teams that are here are here for a reason because they're either hot and they snuck in or they're good. You None of that matters. There's what no I, home field advantage in yes, fantasy football. No. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at who I'm playing right now. 
and I'm scouting their team and I'm saying, where is their hole? Where is their weak spot? And that is what I'm trying to add to my team. I'm not even necessarily thinking about playing these things that I'm trying to pick up off the waiver wire. I just don't want you to be able to play these things against me. I do it all the time. I will pick up, I will throw away wide receiver threes that are not relevant to my team in bad matchups to pick up extra defenses, extra quarterbacks, extra positions that aren't that relevant, just so you cannot stream this position. You cannot beat me with a good matchup here. I'm obviously going to stick with my bread and butter. I'm here for a reason. I'm starting my studs. Don't ever get cute with that shit. Don't think, you know, don't be benching Kyler Murray or something like that just because he had a bad week last week. But that is the biggest thing I'm doing in the playoffs is I'm looking, I am way more observant of my opponent's roster at this point in time. I like that. I like that a lot. And it kind of ties into the fact, especially in a lot of those like onesie positions. So, you know, even if, you know, Chris has a Mark Andrews on his team, he doesn't need another tight end. He's going to play him. He's going to play him regardless, or one of those other top guys. I know Lamar's hurt. So maybe you might think about changing it, but if you have one of those top guys and your opponent is a waiver wire streaming kind of tight end, pick up the top five tight ends. Pick up the top three, cut cut your extra defense or your kicker, or whatever it may be, and I like that strategy a lot to make sure that he doesn't have an option on who to play. He has to pick one person, and that's it. Yeah, he's stuck playing a guy like God. Uh, you know, or she. Cameron Brake. Now, the one thing I will say with that strategy, though, just because I've, I've done this for a long time, just be observant. Do be care. Do be mindful of who you are throwing onto the waiver wire because you, you don't want to hand somebody the weapon to beat you. I'm dropping fringe wide receiver threes, occasionally handcuffs for like my RB three that it's just like whatever. I mean, don't don't drop Alexander Madison at this time of year. Don't drop Tony Pollard. Don't drop those guys. But like, you know, players that are not going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. I'm not telling you to go out and cut T. Higgins to pick up Noah Fant so the other person can't you know play a tight end against you because if they you know flip the script they get T. Higgins in their flex and he drops 25 and yeah. you handed the person the keys to beat you. Yeah, don't so, be dumb. Yeah, just be careful on who you're cutting. But, yes, I'm always trying to block my opponent in the playoffs. Now, to touch base on the other one really quick before we let Rydog go here, um, when, I'm, when I'm in a bye week in situation right now, I'm not as much looking. I, I don't really give a shit who I'm playing. I'm not really going to make moves to try and play God and, you know, fuck over some other team just so I can try to pick my matchup. Because fantasy football is unpredictable. You have no clue what's actually going to happen. You can make all these moves to block it and try and make your dream playoff scenario. And Rex Burkhead comes out of nowhere and drops 40 points in somebody's flex. And you're playing that team anyway. You just don't. What I'm doing right now is I'm looking to next week when I actually have a game. I'm looking at the waiver wire for week 15. Right? Yeah. Are we in week? We're in week 15. Yeah, I get my numbers screwed up. I'm bad at math. The following week, though, I want to know what defenses have the greatest matchups next week that are on the waiver wire. That's something I'm looking to add. I want to know which flex position players, which wide receiver threes, which whoever, the fringe guys that aren't my studs that are interchangeable. I want to know who's got the plus matchup next week, and I'm trying to get ahead of the curb and add those guys right now. So I don't got to fight for that the following week, and I'm ready to go for my matchup. I think that is the biggest thing is getting ahead of the curve, especially if you are a bye, if you are a bye week team you are looking forward to that Week 16 matchup. You are looking at players who maybe are supreme handcuffs, like if Tony Pollard is out there, you know, anything could happen to Zeke, and now you have an RB1 ready to go for that first playoff matchup. You know, I'm looking for guys like that. I'm looking for defenses with great matchups. Like, like you said, play the matchup for the next week, but keep an eye on who is out there as well. Yes. 
All right. So now we'll flip the script a little bit. So that's kind of your guys' mindset when you're at that top spot. Now, you went seven and seven. You barely squeaked in. You took out the sixth place guy last week to get into the playoffs. You're banged up. What is your mindset going in for that, Mr. Rad Dog? I'm going full boom. If I'm in a situation where I'm squeaking in as the last playoff team, you know, maybe I'm like 200 points behind like on people's average of scores. That means I just got lucky matchups all week, all year. I am not playing my best fantasy football. I am playing the luckiest fantasy football. So I'm going to keep that luck rolling because that's the only thing that's going to make you survive. I am going for guys who have 20 plus point upside, but realistically a one point floor because I'm going to get beat regardless. So my only thing is you're obviously playing your studs, but I'm going for those ceiling players. Those are who are entering my lineup for that first matchup. Now, one thing I kind of think about, and this may be to my detriment, when I'm coming in at that last spot, that sixth spot, do you guys ever take a look at those quarterbacks you're playing against? And if, let's just say, I'm going up against Kirk Cousins, would I feel more comfortable putting a K.J. Osborne in there as my flex play to kind of neutralize that? Or do you guys take any consideration to that? I think you should go the opposite there. I don't think you should be trying to stack with the quarterback of their team because that means whenever you're getting points, they're getting points. And you're not going to beat them outright if they have a super stacked team and you just happen to match up the points of their quarterback. You need to go opposite. You need another wide receiver to go off, but he's not getting the points for while that wide receiver is going off. I'm on the other side of this. I like that. I would do that. That's something I would ask. If Adam Thielen's out and KJ Osborne's on the wire and I'm going up against Kirk Cousins in the playoffs and I can slide Osborne into my flex spot and I can hope that Osborne goes nuts, I get more points when Kirk Cousins throws to Osborne than my opponent gets for Kirk Cousins. So if I can find a way to counteract, and Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily the greatest example because he's not like a super dominant quarterback. And I know Josh Allen's hurt, so you can't really go with him. But like, you know, look at like the Cardinals. Like, um, I mean, if you could get one of their receivers, like Christian Kirk just had a good game, I'm pretty sure. Like, you know, if I could get him in my flex and I'm going up against Kyler and I could try to negate that and cancel that out, I think that's a decent move. Or, you know, flip the script like Van Jefferson, which, by the way, Van Jefferson is somebody you should be keeping your oh, eye on right sure. now because I don't think Odell Beckham's playing Odell this week. Odell Beckham's got COVID. So, but, um, yeah, I, I like that. I would, because if I can take it, because nine out of ten times, the teams that are dominant at the front are teams that hit, on their quarterback late. So they have a stacked front roster and they also have a really, really good quarterback. The teams that got Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady this year, you know, guys like that, that just were late picks, but hit tremendously. So I, if I can negate that with my flex spot, I'm all for it. Yeah. I don't think I kind of, I'm more towards the side with Chris and that's kind of what I brought it up. I'm never going to go out of my way to throw a, like a dart throw into my flex spot. If I got someone ready to go. If you hit on, like in one of my leagues, I have Mike Williams in my flex. I'm not going to swap out Mike Williams for K.J. Osborne because I'm going up against Kirk Cousins. Now, if I'm searching the wire trying to find someone to start this week because I'm decimated with COVID and injuries, injuries, and that's what's going to happen, especially around this time, that may, you know, instead of picking up this tight end, I may pick up this guy because he is playing with that quarterback. And, you know, if... Tom Brady goes for four touchdowns and I'm going against him and he throws one to Cameron Brate and I got him. All right. That kind of neutralizes the dominance of the Tom Brady game because now you're looking at a 17 point game instead of a 28 point game. So I don't know. I, I kind of do it. I'm not going to make every decision strictly off of that, but it could play a little bit of a factor when adding guys that I may need to start this week. 
I just don't personally think the correlations there. I think it could result in a bad thing for your team if, you know, you need a whole bunch of points. You need booms. You know, you are that shitty team who limped into the playoffs. If you're matching points with the guy you're playing, that's not going to do good enough for you. You need guys on your team to go off and guys on his team to suck. If his quarterback has a bad game, well, guess what? That receiver you played has a bad game, and now you're still in the hole. Yep. No, I definitely could see that. And, and of course, everything that we're going to be discussing is pretty much a hit or miss, and that's where you're – that's where you're coming down on towards the end of the season. You're you're either going to have to risk it and get that biscuit, or you're going to just have to say, fuck it, I'll wait till next year. I do like Ryan's overall outlook, though. If you're like the sixth seed, you do want to have a little bit more upside in your flex and your fringe spot lineups. Yeah. Something a little more boom and bust to try and negate the fact that you don't have like Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor or one of these like big dogs that, you know, most of the top seeds have exactly like those are the guys you were going against that is you're watching the fucking justice league come to town and you're like well okay um i'm not gonna play robin no i'm going to grab spider-man yeah yeah for sure so that's kind of a lot of our overall mentalities when we're going into prepping for this playoffs um so we do have a couple of specific questions from a couple of our listeners on twitter so we're gonna go ahead and answer a few of those um and that kind of leads me to my next point there is a storm of news about to come out, whether it's today, tomorrow, Friday, tons of people going down with COVID this week, tons of injuries that you have to account for this week. The lists are endless. So whatever you do, stay on the, the, the Twitter sphere. Make sure you guys are following any kind of, you know, professional beat writers and everything like that. We will try to keep you as up to date as possible and feel free to send us messages throughout the week, whether you have start sit questions, which some of these questions are, or anything along those lines, because this is where you make your money. Yeah, because playoffs. This is we already have two teams who have entered the NFL's like serious quote unquote COVID protocol, where they're not even allowed to have in person meetings. The Browns and the Rams, both teams are on their protocol now, where everything is virtual. We're missing key guys all over the place, and it's just going to add up. And there will be more teams by the end of the week. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, speaking of the injuries, that kind of leads us into our first Twitter question, which is by Mister Val or Mrs. Val Parfenoff, and they have a question um, revolving around Mr. DeAndre Swift. And what are your guys' thoughts on his chances to be playing this week? Um, I know on the injury report, it says he's day-to-day, that he looks hopeful. Um, My main concern is he's so young, he's their guy, he is their, what they're going to be building around in their offense. Is it going to be worth it for them to try to get a second win on the season or are they just going to run Jamal Williams or whoever else they have out there into the dirt? That's one of those. They are in a weird spot where if they were a better team, but not like a playoff team, but like just like a better team with like five or six wins, I could see a situation where they do field them out there or where they do. I mean, they do sit them or they do say, all right, we'll give you that extra rest where there's no chance we make the playoffs. We're not fighting around for a worst draft pick or whatever. But when they are a one win team, you know, you got to build morale. You got to build stuff in going into the next season. So I could see a situation where if he is even like healthy enough to be fielded, they do run him out there just because, you know, you need that confidence boost for everybody on the roster. And, you know, uh, Jamal Williams, he's still in the COVID protocol. You know, he'll probably be out by the this game, but who knows? So if he's, I'd say definitely keep an eye on it, but I wouldn't bank on him playing. But if there, if you do see anything about him having a chance to play, I think, I think he does actually run. I think, the, I mean, my biggest concern is more, I don't, he, he was getting, I was getting notifications that he was a candidate for IR. 
So I'm concerned about him playing. My biggest concern, personally, though, because we're talking playoffs, and this is a situation that I'm actually in in literally half of my leagues. I, I was, I'm was i in six leagues. I'm alive in all six. I have playoff aspirations in literally all six of them, and out of three out of those six leagues, I have DeAndre Swift. And I'm concerned because my question to you guys is, if he is active, are you comfortable putting him into your lineup, knowing that he was super banged up, he was an IR candidate, there is a legitimate chance that this guy tweaks something within the first five minutes of the game, and you get a Lamar Jackson, and you get three points, if that. It all depends on who I would have to play over. That's him. true. That's what you I was know, If I'm to. You know, running out like backup running backs already because my team's banged up, I'm throwing Swift out there just because his ceiling is super high. Melvin Gordon or DeAndre Swift? Melvin Gordon. Obviously, Javante. Um, let me think. Oh, what, if, uh, what if Elijah Mitchell comes back? Elijah uh, Mitchell or uh, DeAndre Swift? I'd probably lean Elijah Mitchell, I think. But he might be like the fringe of where I draw that line. Like, I think I'd put him over James Robinson, especially with everything going on right now. I, what is going on with James Robinson? Urban Meyer's a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, his brain. And Herb we trust, dude. He grabs him by the pussy. He he does. You know, I mean, we're talking. I mean, the butt. What? But <laughs> What are we talking about again? You're ridiculous. Oh. Urban Meyer is always derailing this podcast. Urban God Meyer. That wasn't it, Urban. Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer's not done that. Urban does it. It's he does him. it. We'll blame him. Yeah. Everything's Urban's fault. Real quick, though, I just want to give a quick reminder. With this week specifically, we got a Thursday game like normal, but we also have two Saturday matchups. I hate Saturday matchups. I love Saturday matchups. Why? They the ruin biggest, everything. I was going to say the biggest thing to be concerned with, in my opinion, is you got three out of those four teams that sometimes play multiple running backs. You got the Cleveland Browns, you got the Indianapolis Colts, and the New England Patriots. Whether you're going to be going with Ramondre or Damian Harris or Taylor or Naheem Hines, I'm not saying you're going to start one or the other, but if you have those options or Swift, you're going to have to make that decision a lot sooner than a lot, you know, yeah. than you would in, in, you know, in past weeks. So that cost me a championship last week, last year, because I had to, I couldn't start Hollywood Brown because he was on COVID protocols. And then literally, so I had to start Gabriel Davis over him because it was the Saturday game. And that was the only other option I'd have. Literally five minutes into the first quarter, Hollywood Brown comes off the COVID list and is healthy. And I would have scored enough points to win and go on. And I would have, I think I'd have still lost in the championship. But still, yeah. fuck Saturday games. So so that's another thing to be considered. If your only other option with, say, say DeAndre Swift's a game time decision, and your only other option to play at running back is Naheem Hines, are you just going to throw Naheem Hines in there or Ramondre Stevenson or a Dearness Johnson, or any of those other backup guys, would you be willing to play those guys because you know they're most likely going to play over a risky play with DeAndre Swift? That is, that's actually a really good question. It's because tough because there's nothing you can. It's very hard. I to think you'll have better news of whether DeAndre Swift does plan on going or not. You know, if they announce him as game time decision, then I think I'm probably leaning towards the other guys. Just because you know, game time decision for a guy who's been on IR or not on IR, but been injured for the past three weeks. It just it doesn't sound like he's really going to give it a chance to go. But if they're saying like you'll probably have, you know, noteworthy news before Saturday well, games. What else is important too? To really good advice is to follow the news. And when I say follow the news, you want to be this. Is, and this is not something you don't need to be. You know, Adam Scheffner, like first to the scene on this stuff. You can literally just look this stuff up Saturday morning and follow it that way. Was DeAndre Swift practicing? 
Was he limited? Was he full? Was he sitting out? And then look at the team's moves to mimic it. Did they sign a running back off the practice squad? Did somebody get moved up? Did they they make a random signing? Moves like that will help you figure out how to navigate on if a player is actually going to play or not. Because you can always tell, the team is always going to be optimistic about him playing because they want the other team that they're playing to game plan for him. That's them playing real football. They don't give a fuck about your fantasy team. That's the truth. We do. So that's why we're here. But pay attention to, you know, if a random running back gets added off of somebody's practice squad to the Lions on Thursday, that's a strong indication that DeAndre Swift is probably not going to play. If DeAndre Swift is limited, 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 and he gets in limited practices all week, and they say, and he says he's feeling good, and the team says he's feeling good, and he's a game time decision, that's probably a strong indication that he is going to play. And the other thing is, just check your waiver wire. Make sure, you know, I mean, when you're dealing with guys like Naheem Hines, you might be able to find somebody like Giovanni Bernard, who essentially is the same exact kind of a dart throw, but you at least buy yourself that chance to get DeAndre Swift into your lineup. Right. Yeah, for sure. And this kind of comes down to kind of what we talked about in the beginning of the season, in the beginning of the fantasy season. It's, in my mentality, when it comes down to Swift, I don't feel comfortable playing him this week. And the main reason is, if I'm in charge of this organization of the Lions, I don't care about this win. This win hurts us, in my opinion. I want that number one overall pick, and I want my core guys, i.e. DeAndre Swift and, you know, Panay Sewell and whoever all their young guys are that they want to actually keep to try to build around, I want them healthy for next year. And I would feel very scared putting that in my lineup. That may come back to bite me, and I I think it probably has before, Um, but that's when it comes down to in your mentality when drafting and when acquiring players is, are, is down the stretch in the playoffs, are those games going to matter? Because normally those are the teams that still are going off. So anything else with that? Nope. All right. We're good. Perfect. So we got a couple more questions real quick. This one um, is going to be a little bit of a longer one. It's a question um, about trying to pick up Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Um, he came available in his league in a 12 team because of the injury. So he has a starting lineup of Justin Herbert, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, Antonio Gibson, Cordero Patterson, Dalton Schultz, Zeke Elliott, and then on his bench, pretty stacked team, if I may say this myself, um, DK Metcalf, A.J. Dillon, both of the Patriots running backs in Harris and Stevenson, Kareem Hunt, Taysom Hill, and Antonio Brown on the IR. Kicker and defense, who cares about that? Um, His question to us is, who would you drop to pick up TJ Hawkinson? Looking at this team, I would assume he's probably got a buy from how stacked this team is. Um, and I think he's trying to, you know, solidify that tight end position in the future because I'm not too sure on TJ playing this week. Um, but me personally, I would be looking at one of those New England running backs. Um, his running back room is pretty solid with Gibson, Cordero, Zeke, even AJ Dillon. Um, I'd feel more comfortable putting Damian Harrison because he's been more consistent throughout the year. I know he's a little bit banged up now, um, but even so, Ramondre Stevenson, I don't think he's eclipsed 10 points in the last few weeks. So that would be my pick. Yeah, if if I had to drop somebody, I might lean towards somebody like an, uh, yeah, probably Ramondre because I don't think he's going to do much, especially with the way, it, well, kind of tricky because they're all, they are the one seed at the moment. They keep winning. You know, if they hold on to that one seed by a two-game lead, you know, there will probably be more Ramondre Stevenson than Damian Harris just to protect him for the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I like Ramondre. I think his his running back room 
would be fine without him though, yeah. with Damien here. So that's where I I'd go. also be fine just running Dalton Schultz. Like I'm not I wouldn't be like panicked to go and pick up TJ Hawkinson unless to hold a team that you potentially have to play from getting him. So if you are making that move, Ramon J. Stevenson is the guy to drop for him for sure. Uh, but also if you're thinking like, okay, he's better than Dalton Schultz. I mean, Dalton Schultz is a tight end six on the year. He's got a tremendous ceiling and you know, this past two weeks haven't been great, but he can be a reliable tight end. So. Yeah. There are worse options out there. So yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with Ryan too, where it would be Stevenson. And then my second pick to drop would be not drop anyone and keep, keep Schultz. Yeah. Chris. Um, I'm trying to figure out the severity of the cream hunt injury to figure things out. So it said it was his ankle. Um, it was a minor ankle sprain. It said, they said that according to, um, like the reports from the coach and stuff this week, if the game was Sunday, he would still be questionable. But since it's Saturday and that quick turnaround, he's very unlikely to play this week. Um, so you got to think about that in longevity. Do you think Kareem Hunt in next week's conference finals or your championship week, is he going to be worth it? Is he going to be valuable then? I think he may. That's that's where the and I think, comes in. And I was going to say, and I think Kareem has a way better chance of hurting you. Yep. Like with your opponent picking him up in that championship game than a Ramondre Stevenson yep. would. Also, you did throw me off. You said Antonio Brown. I'm seeing that's what I like. Brown. That's who I, I would have said Antonio because oh, I was like oh, he's suspended. AJ. But oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's someone in his IR though. Yeah, yeah, AJ it's, Brown. it's AJ My Brown. Phone. Um, I'm not gonna. So what I what I'm personally doing. Uh, first things first, you got to look at your opponent. So if you, well, you do, he has a buy, so he probably has a buy. If he doesn't, what I'm gonna in all honesty, this is exactly what I'm doing. If I have his roster, I'm right now just with the landscape of the way things are and the way COVID is running through this league. I'm cutting Greg Joseph, my kicker, and I'm picking up T.J. Hawkinson, and I'm holding every single one of these players until Saturday morning just to make sure somebody in my starting lineup doesn't get COVID and is suddenly ruled out. I have a larger bench then to work with and pay attention to, and it's not like Greg Joseph is this dominant top-five kicker you can find somebody else on the waiver wire that could be just as productive as Greg Joe. I know he had a good week last week, but they don't play the Steelers again. Like, it's that's what I'm doing. I'm that's my first move. I'm going to pick up Hawk with Greg. I'm going to pay attention, and then what I'm going to do, honestly, I'm not going to cut any of these people. I'm going to wait until Saturday, and when Saturday rolls around, if I decide I want to start Hawkinson over Schultz, I'm probably just going to cut Schultz. And let Schultz be on waivers so he can't hurt me. But, like, regardless, the point is, if you if you drop Greg Joseph, he's not a player that's going to hurt you. You hold all of these players, and you wait until Saturday. And the way most leagues work is when if you drop a player on Saturday... They're not eligible till next week. Exactly. So nobody that you cut can hurt you. That's a greasy, greasy, grimy strategy, and I love it. I love it, too. Yeah. I love it. The person I'd be most willing to drop off of this, just with the landscape of things, in all honesty, since I have Justin Herbert, is Taysom Hill. That's the person I'd be most willing to cut. But, as I said, I'm absolutely doing that, so nobody that I cut can hurt me. Yeah. And then just pick up whoever to play kicker. Honestly, you could dra- if you drop Greg Joseph today, there's a very strong chance he goes unclaimed and is just available on Saturday morning. You just pick him back up. Fair enough, and and I just want to go a quick shout out. Thank you for that. Was that question came from Mister Son of Lorax? Um, and Thank our, you, Son of Lorax. Our last question here um, is by the Twitter name "Doing Better Than I Deserve," and uh, I could say that too with these two options you have to debate. He wants to know: Would you guys go with Russell Wilson or Jalen Hurts? 
and Terry McLaurin or Michael Pittman? Um, well, first things first. First things first, I'm the realist. First things first, Terry McLaurin's dealing with concussion. I say, I don't know, is Terry McLaurin even playing this week? Because I don't think he is. I, it's not looking likely, so, and I still think I'd probably lean Pittman over him anyway. I probably would too, with the way things are going. That's Pittman's goes. coming off the rest, and just uh, which is tough because I mean Terry McLaurin. It kind of depends on your roster construction for me between Pittman and uh, Mike and Terry McLaurin. If McLaurin were to be active, I do think McLaurin holds a little bit more upside. So if I'm one of those like lower seed teams, I'm probably going to lean McLaurin in the sense that I want him to hit that boom game. If I'm one of the top seed teams, I'd be more concerned with me starting somebody that's going to get me a zero or three. So I'd be more willing to put Pittman in, who is healthy and who is set up and good to go, and is probably going to see seven to ten good targets from a decent quarterback over seven to 10 garbage targets from an eh quarterback. So um, I, I would probably more, but I would lean Pittman over McLaurin because yeah, I don't sure. think McLaurin's going to play. I think that's a, uh, a show uh, decision there. I think we'd all go Pittman there. So yep. there you go for that one. What about uh, the quarterback question? Is, Russell Wilson or Jalen Hurts? If Jalen Hurts is good to go. I was going to say, is Hurts playing? He, he's, they're saying he should be good to go come Sunday. And if he is, then yeah. I'm they playing. came off the bye, right? They had a bye last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're playing Washington. Gardner Washington's. Minshew looked fucking awesome two weeks ago. Yes, he did. Just like Gardner Minshew keep going. But no, uh, Jay, I'm playing Jalen Hurts over Russ. You know, Russ, he's pieced it together a little bit these past few weeks. But you know how he, how he started after that injury was not great. Hurt me many times. And he gets a matchup against the Rams, which yeah. is not ideal. Jalen Hurts gets to play the Jets. I know. I, th- oh, I thought it was Washington. I believe it's the Jets. No, uh, Jalen Hurts is going against the football team. Yeah, I thought I was going to say it's Miami, New York Jets week, this week. Week fifteen. Oh, okay. I was looking at the wrong, uh, wrong thing. They played the Jets. That's who. No, you, you only saw that because he didn't play that yeah, game. That's and why. That's, that's why. Wrong. It, it looks like it, that's I the was next wrong. Game, but wrong. <laughs> but I'm still playing him against the football team. I hate to say it. I if Hurts is active, I think I'd probably go Hurts. I mean, it's just it's real. That 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 is a really tough decision yeah. to make. He has a nice rushing floor, which you know. Is King. That's the reason he's quarterback six on fantasy this year, even with missing a game and just playing a bye week. So, I mean, yeah, it still hurts all the way. And he yeah. offers the same kind of upside that Russ can offer. So you can't even make the argument of floor or upside. Like, yeah, Russ's floor is eight points. Yeah. Jalen so Hurts' floor is 20 points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely leaning Hurts. Um, simply what you guys just highlighted. It's that, that rushing floor. I mean, both of them can go off and throw for three touchdowns. Both yeah. of them could throw for 300 yards. Only one of them is going to possibly rush for 100 yards. Yeah. So or that's where I two touchdowns, and most people play in four-point passing leagues. Yep. And again. And against a matchup against the Rams is not ideal. If you're in a dynasty league and your trade deadline is not passed and you're not in the playoffs, trade Jalen Hurts because I still don't Although think he's going to be. Rams with that COVID protocol. I mean, Jalen Ramsey missed last night. and I, I mean, it's something to Keep make. an eye out. If Ramsey's not playing and, like, Donald's not playing, I – would probably lean Russ, but I mean, because I expect that game to be a shootout. But I mean, I, it's you know, it's it's a good. I think it's a good problem to have, no matter what. I think yeah. you're setting you're, you're sitting with a lot of upside, regardless of who you start. So if you're my advice to this listener is, if you kind of have an idea in your head of what you want to do, go with your gut on this one because it's it's close. Like that, it's not like there's not a clear answer to this. But I would go Hurts simply because of the rushing upside. Yep. I think so, too, and I just want to thank you again for doing better than I deserve. Hopefully the kids kill it in the Christmas choir tonight. Um, good luck to them as well. Uh, and uh, this has kind of been a, a mindset and kind of a talking point over everything that we've been discussing today. Yeah, this is a good choice if they're going to play. This is a good decision if he comes off the COVID list. This is a good decision 
if we know more information when it comes to, to Saturday. So my question for you guys is, you get a last-second COVID strike to one of your players, and it's a big name, something you got to replace on the fly. You know, your bench she is kind of— last week. Yeah, your, your bench is decimated, so it, it's a tough one. What matchups specifically are you guys kind of looking to add? Are you a direct re- replacement kind of strategy guy to where— you know, Adam Thielen's out, I'm going to play K.J. Osborne, or Kareem Hunt's out, I'm going to play a Dearness Johnson, or are you looking at specific matchups, and what are some examples for this week specifically that you guys would be willing to add? I am, as far as running backs go, yes, I'm willing to play the next guy up because they are generally going to get the same workload and the same looks. Wide receivers, on the other hand, are a little bit tricky because guys are kind of they're positioned a different way. You know, they are, there are X receivers. There are big body guys who are going downfield, you know, just because, you know, DK Metcalf goes down doesn't mean that the next guy up is going to be his same physique and play the same position. He's not going to get the same targets. You know, the game plan will move somewhere else. Whereas, you know, running back goes down, Rashad Penny can enter the backfield and he's getting the same amount of carries and the same amount of looks out of the passing game. But as far as if I'm like, you know, super panicked and I'm looking at those late games, like who am I adding from, you know, there are a couple of decent matchups going on later. You know, if there's anybody in that New Orleans-Tampa Bay game going on Sunday night, I'm looking at that. If there's anybody in that Minnesota-Chicago game Monday night, I'm looking at that. So I'm I'm keeping an eye out for those later matchups and who could be st- suiting up there. But as far as just trying to directly replace guys with the n- next man up, running backs only for me pretty much. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I, I definitely like that. Um, it sucks for me. I think one of the biggest matchups I like is the Thursday night matchup. I, I was literally going to say that, but that, that doesn't help in this yeah, situation. it doesn't. It's the best matchup of the week. Yeah, and even though Kansas City's defense has been playing better, them in L.A. both fighting for playoff lives, like, that's a big, big one. So if the news I mean, comes out quickly, you know, that could be some kind of matchup you can try to, um, you know, try to get into. The last one is kind of one we kind of hit on with one of our last listener questions, and that's that Washington and Philly game. Um as good as Washington's defense was supposedly supposed to be, they got a lot of injuries and they're pretty banged up. And I like a lot of the players in Philly and on Washington because of how banged up both sides are. You know, Terry McLaurin is going through that concussion protocol. Don't feel comfortable playing any of their other receivers on that team. Yeah, Logan but, Thomas just went to IR with torn ACL. Yep. It, they are banged up. Like, you so, might have to run out like a Cam Sims or something. Exactly. Yeah, if, if you're hurting, you know, or anything like with the Eagles lineup. I mean, you know, those are different matchups that – it's they they still have something to fight for in this NFL season, and they're not going to just give it up. A lot of the other matchups this week are pretty similar like that. Um, another matchup that I don't hate um, is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. Just took my matchups. Oh, sorry, sorry, Chris. But um, yeah, it's just the, those teams are both banged up, and the, you know this they're they're still fighting. Big Ben's Bad not going to give up. Yeah, Big Ben's not going to give up his last season with Pittsburgh, so they're going to keep trying to win every game they can. And Tennessee is hurting. With, with injuries, whether it's Julio, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, who even knows who's playing for them right now. So if you are desperate, those are a couple of ones. I know, sorry, I stole them from you, Chris. If you got any other ones, you can go with those. Well, no, I think you can dive even deeper than that. If you're, like, desperate, if you're in trouble, you know, like, you can throw a James Washington. It's not it's not pretty, but if you got you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Like, you can throw a James Washington in your lineup and hope that he catches a touchdown. You can do things like that's both. The Pittsburgh defense right now is an illusion. They are not playing good football. I am a Steelers fan. Especially with T.J. Watt 
nursing that groin again. Well, TJ Watt's probably ruled out already. They're, the defense looks like shit, even when Watt's on the field. I don't know what is going on with that team and what's going on with that defense. Is that supposed to be the bread and butter for the team? But as somebody that has religiously been watching every single Steelers game this year, over the last four weeks, that defense has looked god-awful. And I Tennessee is hit or miss with their defense, but I think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to move the ball against them. So, you know, if you have to throw James Washington in there, that would happen. Another matchup that I like a lot, it's one-sided. I like... Cardinal players this week. If you're able to get Cardinal players off the waiver wire to help out, to help negate some COVID, or if like if Hopkins ends up on COVID protocol, I have no problem picking up the replacement in that matchup. The Arizona Cardinals are coming off a bad loss to a tough team. The Arizona Cardinals have been showing out this year. Kyler Murray is a very high candidate to win MVP. I, they're playing a bad Lions team. I think they are going to show up and put this Lions team in their place, and just remind everybody, hey, no. we're still top shit in this league. They're playing for the one seed. They just yes. lost it to the Packers. Now the Packers are the one seed currently in the NFC. So, yeah, they, they do have something to play for against a dog shit team. So, yeah. yeah. As far as I've, what I've said about earlier about replacing wide receivers with their next guy up, if Hopkins is out, you know, he just had an MRI today. So we'll see how he actually is health-wise. Nothing, like, official. But if he is missing any time, you know, I'm running Kirk. I'm running A.J. Green. I'm running Rondell Moore. Yeah. I'm running Zach Ertz. I'm running any Cardinal I can who is on the field. Especially in the passing game because James Conner had an MRI today as well, and we don't. Chase Edmonds was supposed to be active, exactly. but he wasn't. So, I mean, if you can get a pass catcher from them, it's not like we know Kyler is going to sling the ball, and he's good. That's I, I like Cardinals. If you, need, if you need a desperation replacement for your Keenan Allen or your – Odell you know, Beckham. Yeah, like anything like that, you know, that I like that team. Um, And even those guys – I mean, Keenan Allen last week we didn't have any – you know, time to decide. But Odell, you got a little bit of time. You know, this is kind of like last second. You got to make that quick pickup at 1150 because your guy somehow got it, you know, that morning. So I like I like all those matchups. Do you guys got anything left for that? I like Van Jefferson, somebody that can be a fringe play a lot. Um, I do have a question for you guys, though. Yep. Dak Prescott has been looking very bad yes, over the last few weeks. Yeah, he Are made you- me not make the playoffs, a little bastard. If you've managed to survive and make it into the playoffs, are you comfortable rolling with Dak still at this point? Are you willing to pivot to go to somebody that has a good matchup? Maybe a Taysom Hill. Maybe um, you know somebody somebody that you would never start over. I think you're Dak crazy Prescott. if you're saying you would never start Taysom Hill. Uh, Taysom Hill's been a say, fucking stud. The, the first name that pops in my head is like Taysom Hill. I would start him over Dak Prescott. And before you even said that name, so like. Yes, I would yeah. definitely do it. Similar to the fact of what we were talking between the Jalen Hurts and, and Russ. Yeah. As bad as Taysom Hill could play, he can get you 20 points with his legs. That's if what he does. Yeah. He is strictly a legs guy. If he's if he's starting, I would feel fine putting him in there for sure. So, like, what about Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott? What if you're one of those teams that have two good court? You have to make that decision every week. So, I, that Dak one's been, a little tough. Dak has been bad. He has. But Russ, you know, was bad and is good again. Dak could be good again. <laughs> You know, they're still trying to win that NFC East. Like, they have to finish out these last few games pretty strong. I, I think that's where it comes down on for me is they're going up against the Giants who are 4-9. and nine. They're not, They don't have Daniel Jones. They should get on them early, and hopefully he should get some decent fantasy points for Dak. Um, and then you got Seattle going against the Rams defense who hit or miss can either be a shootout or they can give up three points. So it's tough, especially with Jalen Ramsey. You know, he was on it with COVID. Who knows if he's going to be back in time. I would probably lean towards Dak against that Giants defense this week. I agree. That's fair. That was just a player that stood out. Uh, monitor Josh Allen, obviously, dealing with injury. 
We already talked about Swift. You know, Hunt's out. Um, follow our Instagram and our, our Twitter. Actually, follow us on Twitter. That's the best place to follow us. Out. We will be trying to keep you guys up to date with all the injury and COVID-related news. It has been uh, mayhem this week to navigate through it. Uh, so, but do we have anything else here for our listeners for tonight? No, just thanks for sticking around. Uh, we apologize for the last few weeks. A lot of things have come up. Mostly individually between each of us, you know, something's come up here, something's come up there, you know, a little We've bit been, of sickness, yeah. no COVID, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been rough. So we're glad to be back. We're glad to be doing this again. And we're excited for the playoffs, man. It's, Which this is what we play for. We will be back for the remainder of the player fantasy playoffs. So you can rely on us there. We will be putting out episodes next week. We'll be putting out episodes the following week. Then we'll be entering our off season program in which, um, at some point in time, back in the lab, baby, back in the lab, we'll be getting some, we'll have some dynasty stuff. I'm sure. We'll get some stuff cooking up here and there. If you have suggestions, if you have things that you like, things that you didn't like, you know, again, we are always here for you. Reach out to us on social media. Let us know what you enjoyed. Let us know what you didn't enjoy. Tell us how we can make this the best it can possibly be to keep you entertained while giving you the advice and the information that you need to dominate your leagues because that is why we are here. We want you guys to bring home these fantasy titles in your league. We want the hit squad to thrive and just to dominate the world here. Agreed. So, but um, as always, you know where to find us. Hit Stick Fantasy on Twitter. Hit Stick Fantasy on the gram. Hit Stick Fantasy on the book. I'm personally at Hit Stick Chris on Twitter. I am at The Real Ryan Long. And at Michael underscore Seta. Get us these start sit questions. Let's win these fucking leagues. Let's do it. Let's go. Hit Squad. Hey, Corey Long, you're out of the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> you suck. Uh, thanks for that 101 in Dynasty, oh, you nerd. Oh, oh, man. Could you imagine being Corey Long right now oh, and just worst. sitting at home watching football like, fuck, man, I wish I was in the playoffs right now. I heard Ryan has to do stand-up, though. Ryan does have to Not do yet. stand-up. Oh, Not, you're going to. Not officially. Ryan's doing stand-up.